It's good for us to be together in one place at one time uh, as a community on this first Sunday in the new year. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know that you are welcome here no matter where you are on your journey of life, faith, or love. All parts of you uh, belong here and are welcome. We turn our attention to the Gospel of Matthew this day, to the second chapter and the first 12 verses, and to that familiar text that we've come to know um, about the three magi, or as our hymnal would suggest, the, the three kings of Orient, and how they make their way to Christ. Listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day. Listen, my dear friends, because this word, this word may just change your whole life. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him, calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then, then Herod, Herod secretly called for the wise men, and he learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising until it stopped stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation. We ask that you would create afresh and anew this very day, that you would breathe new life into these ancient words, into this ancient story, that it will be your word to us here and now. And we ask, O oh God, that you would breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts, that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So my grandmother, or as you know by now, she goes by Nana, my Nana, used to have a keyboard piano in her home when I was a kid, which is sort of interesting looking back on it because no one in our family plays the piano. But anyway, she had a keyboard piano, and on this piano, right there on the music stand, right above it, were several songs. And the songs had dots on them, and the, and the dots correlated to keys on the keyboard. And so when we were little kids, we would go in there and try to peck like a chicken with our fingers the correlated dots on the page to the correlated keys on the, on the, on the keyboard, trying to make music. One of the songs I'll never forget, one of the songs that was displayed there forever was the hymn, We Three Kings. And you know how it goes, we three kings of Orient are. And we grandkids, especially around this time of year, we would get pretty good. Let me say, my other, the other kids got pretty good, I didn't. They got pretty good at pounding out that hymn, we three kings of Orient are. In fact, that was the only song my sister ever learned how to play, and There for a while she could play it without even looking at the music and it actually sounded like the song. (laughs) Maybe you're like me. What you remember about the Magi is really shaped about that hymn. And yet the Magi weren't kings at all. Scholars tell us that the Magi were most likely philosophers and astrologers, therefore Magi were seekers. People who were constantly on the lookout for signs that would point them in a new direction. Seekers who would look to the heavens for a divine sign to give them a clue about the future. The Magi were seekers. And so when they saw a new star at its rising over Judea, over the Jews, they took notice. and They discerned that a new king had been born. Where do you go when you think a new king has been born? You don't go to a manger. You go to the place of kings, the palace. And so the Magi don't go to Bethlehem. They go to Jerusalem, to Herod, and to his palace, expecting to visit this new king. And Herod was a fierce leader, He struck fear in the hearts of many in the land. New Testament scholar Tom Long says, the Magi going to Herod's palace is like one of us going to the Kremlin in Russia and asking Vladimir Putin, so where is the new leader of Russia? (laughs) It didn't go well. Herod's not real happy to hear that there's a new leader in the land. These magi, these seekers, were looking for signs. They were looking for signs of wonder that would point them on a greater path. And when they received one in the form of a star, it caused them to look back on everything they thought they knew. It made them look back on their tradition. It made them recall their knowledge made them turn to the spiritual writings, and it called them to discern what was right before them, their future. 
was shaped by the new star at its rising, and it set them on an entirely different path. An entirely different path towards Christ. On this uh, first Sunday in the new year, I believe that we are provided the same opportunity, like the Magi, we're provided the same opportunity to look back on all that we think we know, on all that we have seen and experienced in this last year, so that we might find a new way forward in our lives and in our world in the new year that is to come. I think we learn much about what the Magi brought with them to the manger, but I think we also learn a lot about what they left behind. And I think if we dig into this text a little bit, this text could be for us a guiding light, pointing us forward in 2019. I would like for us to spend just a few moments this morning considering the three things the Magi left behind and the three things they brought with them. If you have a pen, I would invite you to take it out. I want you to jot these down in your bulletin. Feel free to take out your cell phone. You could even make some notes in there. You could live tweet this if you want. <laughs> first and foremost, the first thing the Magi leave behind is Herod. Think about it. They leave behind the person that pointed them to Bethlehem. <laughs> they would have never gotten to Bethlehem without Herod saying, go. And let's be clear, Herod was dishonest. Herod is seeking his own power. Herod will manipulate anyone and anything to get his way. The Herods of our lives and our world are the same. The Herods of our lives and our world are only interested in their own power, and they will manipulate anyone or anything to get it. So who are the Herods of your life? Who are the Herods of our world? The next question is the much harder question. What parts of our own lives reflect Herod-like behavior? Where in 2019 do we need to be less like Herod and leave our Herod-like behavior behind so that we can be more truthful and vulnerable and transparent? First thing they leave behind is Herod. The second thing they leave behind, I think, is fear. The Magi leave fear behind. They didn't fear going to Herod. They didn't fear not giving Herod the information when they had it. No, they trusted the dream they had, warning them to go home a different way. These Magi went forward in faith, plotting a path different than the unjust path that Herod wanted them to take. How often, my dear friends, do we let fear drive our decision-making? How often do we allow the fear of others to shape how we are to live in the world? How often does fear influence how we see the world, see our neighbor, see one another? How often do we listen to our fears rather 
than listen to our dreams. What if, like the Magi, we sought to leave fear behind in 2019? The third thing I think the Magi leave behind is perfection. Think about it. The Magi's interpretation of where to show up wasn't right. They showed up at the Kremlin. They showed up at the palace. And yet, they were being faithful. They trusted what they saw. They trusted what they discerned. And they sought to be faithful. And yet, they didn't get it right. But get this. God worked through them anyway. God worked through that encounter for a greater purpose. God worked through their imperfect interpretation. How often do our standards of perfection hold us back from ever taking the first step into something? Maybe I'm the only one who gets held back with that. How often do our standards of perfection keep us from seeing any good in the other? What if we sought to leave behind our standards of perfection in 2019? What if we left that behind and made faithfulness our goal? What if we joined the Magi this year and leaving behind the Herods of our world and the Herod-like behavior in our lives? What if we left behind fear? And what if we left behind perfection? And what if we brought with us the three things the Magi bring with them? Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I think something much deeper than that. What if we brought the very first thing they brought, a sense of belonging? The Magi trusted that they belonged to God's story, and they trusted that their story was part of a greater story. And let's be clear, the Magi weren't always in the lineage of folks who felt like they belonged. These were mystics, astrologers, philosophers outside the Jewish tradition. What if we trusted, like the Magi in 2019, that we belong to God? Therefore, if we belong to God, all people belong to God. And we sought to live like we belong to one another. What would change in our daily interactions if we felt like we belonged to the clerk at the grocery store? Or the person who happens to drop off our mail at the office or at our home? How would our offices and our classrooms and our courtrooms and our operating rooms be different? We sought to live like we actually belong to one another. second thing I think that the Magi bring with them is a spirit of generosity. The text says, upon entering the house, they paid him homage and opened up their treasure chest, and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When they entered the house, everything that mattered, everything that had previously mattered got redefined in the presence of Christ. 
when they entered the presence of Christ, everything they thought they most treasured got redefined and they understood what was in their treasure chest could be used for a greater purpose beyond their own lives. What if in 2019 we sought to live a spirit of generosity with what we treasure the most? Our time, our opinions, our families, and yes, even our gold. What if we were more generous in 2019? And the final thing I think they bring with them, and it jumped right off the page for me this week, and I hope it jumped off the page when we read it. They brought with them overwhelming joy. When they saw the place where the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. When was the last time you were overwhelmed? Some of you and us were overwhelmed just getting here this morning. <laughs> Some of us were overwhelmed this past week when we had to go back into the office on Wednesday. Everyone else who had a vacation, I hope it was lovely. <laughs> Some of us were overwhelmed because our families broke the three-day rule when visiting over the holidays. <laughs> yes. Fish does stink after three days, <laughs> right? Question is, when, when was the last time you were overwhelmed with joy? Friends, I have come to believe that the only way that we can be overwhelmed with joy is if our lives are oriented to the holy that is around us all the time. I mean, it's easy, isn't it, to, 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 to pick up the newspaper or to flip on your computer screen or open your phone every morning and only see bad? It's easy to walk down the street and, and only see fear and negativity. But my dear friends, do you know that there is an entirely different way to live? There is an entirely different way to live this life, I promise. A way in which, by the grace of God, we can see our lives in the world in a completely different light. To see the ordinary holiness that is around us all the time. It's everywhere. The holiness of, of getting your kid out of the car seat and taking them by the hand and walking them into school, that is pure holiness. The holiness, if you're a grandparent and you call one of your kids and your grandkids happens to answer the phone, that feeling that you have is you being overwhelmed with joy. It's pure holiness. Grandkids... It's around you all the time. When, when you visit your grandmother and you go on that afternoon walk and all your grandmother can tell you is about a 55-year love affair that she had with your grandfather, that's holiness right there. All of you people who were in medicine, you doctors and you nurses and PAs and techs, folks who push people in wheelchairs, do you know that you're surrounded by holiness all the time? And you're so used to it that it 
becomes normal? To open someone's chest and to give them a new heart and to squeeze new life, if that doesn't reek of holiness, my friends, I don't know what does. Holiness around us all the time. Uh, A storm comes in, knocks out the power. You have to sit in silence for the first time and as long as you can remember. Richard Rohr says, silence is the language of God. Any other language falls short and is mere noise. Holiness around us all the time. I saw it the other day. The person at the coffee shop paid for everybody's drink in line behind them. Holiness. What if we we brought overwhelming joy with us into 2019? We did a memorial service here at the church yesterday. We've had a lot of memorial services. It's been a tough season for our community of faith. There are a lot of people in our community that are walking in the shadows of death right now. But I was reminded yesterday, we had a memorial service. The family said, print 35 bulletins. It'll be plenty. 150 people came to that memorial service. Uh, I got to tell you, they don't teach you how to use a printer in seminary. (laughs) But we figured it out. family was overwhelmed with joy. They walked into this space and 150 people surrounded them and loved them and put flesh on that promise that nothing in this life, not even death, would cause us to be separated from the love that we know through Christ Jesus our Lord. Holiness made manifest in people who merely showed up. Oh, friends, what if we brought, what if we brought that with us into 2019? What if we could leave behind the Herods and the fear and the perfection? What if we could bring with us this sense of belonging and generosity and joy into our everyday lives in this new year? I believe, I believe with every fiber of my being, if we can bring these three things, we will see our entire lives, we will see the whole world in an entirely different light. A light that shines because the Christ child has come. The Christ child has come to bring good news of great joy for all people. For our God has taken on the flesh. O star of wonder, star of might, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to the perfect light. May it be so, my dear friends. Amen.